0: Welcome to Your Financial Planet podcast with David Valliere and the Synergy Capital Solutions team. This is the show that brings you synergistic financial strategies to help you enjoy the fullness of today and empower your next generation. Join us for this journey to help you synergize your finances.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Your Financial Planet. As always, I'm your host, David Valliere, and we are happy to have you here. Uh, Joining me today is Eric Nahat. Eric, welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So first of all, I want to apologize on the front end. We are recording this while I don't even know if it's a hurricane or a tropical storm. Ada is is passing by the uh, west coast of Florida, so that is where I am. And uh, so I apologize for any potential wind noise in the background. But Eric, I really just want to talk about elections and some of the the fallout or um, maneuvering we may need to be considering as we've seen some of these elections, you know, kind of come our way. You know, I wanted to talk about sort of what we've seen in the recent past, what we see immediately in front of us, and then talk about what we see, you know, just just around the corner as we look into the new year. For listeners, this is really a special edition. Obviously, we've just had presidential election there's some Senate races that have that have happened so we wanted to talk about that in a timely fashion so we are stepping outside of our normal cadence but um, wanted to have that conversation So with that Eric, let's just jump right into it let's talk about elections what have we seen you know in the very recent past year in the in the past week or so
2: from a high level I would say, Of course, President-elect Biden declared victory. Uh, We anticipate that he takes office, but the election still remains to be finalized. As expected, the Democrats kept the House, though surprisingly lost some seats uh, and their majority lessons there. And then uh, the Senate, pending the Georgia runoff election, uh, most likely will remain under Republican control. So more than likely looking at a divided government, which markets favor so let's dive into that
1: you know because that really tells us what's immediately in front of us let's unpack some of that so we've got a divided government or so it would seem let's start with the presidential election president-elect biden there is a lot of noise around that a lot of uh, a lot of election noise trump is suing this state and there's lawsuits here and lawsuits there talk to me a little bit about that and how that can impact sort of this world of the markets that we live in?
2: From a, a market perspective, as you mentioned, that's probably noise more than anything. It's hard to see a scenario where Biden does not take office. We do expect Trump to hold rallies and, and release obituaries of people who are deceased and, and believe who have voted. I'm sure there will be announcement of, of state recount teams, including Georgia um, and Trump campaign will, will begin the process for recounts. I think the bigger question is going to be what this interim period looks like, how much unrest there is, and for for President Biden, um, how much access, for example, his transition team gets to, to set him up to come into office in January.
1: So something that you said there that I think is really important for listeners to hear, but a lot of what we're hearing in the noise, po- excuse me, in the news post-election <laughs> is just going to be noise. Would you agree with that?
2: Yes, definitely. And I I would say from a market perspective, and we were telling clients this uh, all along going into the election, from a market perspective, uh, COVID uh, is a much bigger deal than who's in office. Obviously, we've had um, Democrats in office, we've had Republicans in office, we've had Democrats and Republicans in both the Senate and and the House. Uh, Over time, stocks have tended to to, to trend upwards regardless of who is in office. Um, It's more about getting the economy back on track.
1: I want to, one interesting point before I move to what's ahead, but you, you also made a comment there that a divided government is generally pretty good for the markets. Talk to me
2: about that. A divided government keeps changes from swinging too far in, in either direction. Uh, it creates more gridlock and less surprises and, and, and markets like that certainty. Voter turnout was, was the highest it's been in, in more than 100 years. And so this is kind of what the, the people have spoken, this is what the country wanted. Um, people wanted uh, a split government. I think the the surprising loss of seats on, on the Democratic House side and um, maybe the lackluster performance in the Senate races is a signal that people in the US do not agree with uh, either far left or far right policies. And uh, a lot of this election was more, uh, I would say anti, anti-Trump than pro-Biden. But from a market perspective, generally happy with a, a divided government, because uh, it's going to keep either party from swinging things too far in, in a certain way.
1: So let's talk about what's ahead. Obviously, we have some uh, Georgia Senate races in the news. Talk to me about what that looks like and you know potential impacts.
2: As we talked about, more than likely looking at, at a divided government pending um, the Senate runoff election in Georgia, which is on January 5th, I believe. The assumption is that both seats in Georgia will go to Republicans who the runoff election favors. If both races were to be won by the Democrats, that will give uh, Biden the, the ability to implement a, a much more aggressive agenda. Some of which, for example, personal, corporate, and, and estate tax changes, I think the, the markets would react uh, fairly poorly to. So um, the markets did not want a, a blue wave and major tax changes, and, and that's why they'll be watching this, this runoff election pretty closely.
1: Yeah, so we'll all be paying close attention to these these pending elections. Um and certainly be coming back to to our listeners uh with with any results and and how that might impact them as as we look at their planning. Let's transition away from elections and maybe take the conversation over to COVID. Obviously anybody that's been listening to our podcast <laughs> this year, we've had a lot of conversations about COVID, but fill our listeners in what's recently happened, give us an update there.
2: So the, the big news, of course, was uh, Pfizer's announcement regarding a vaccine and markets focused on its, its potential to turn around the economy. Um, the initial studies show that the vaccine's uh, about 90% effective, which is roughly twice the, the efficacy of a standard flu shot. So that's really good news there. Once again, uh, markets don't like uncertainty and uh, this vaccine helps to clear up some of that uncertainty. Implementation. Still, might not be anytime uh, in, in the near future, uh, but it's a, a fantastic news still and, and a step towards getting people safe and getting us back to normal.
1: Yeah, really, investors respond in large part in whether it's COVID or the economy or an election. You see this emotional reaction with the markets. They investors and the markets really like stability and just the news of a vaccine. Really had an impact on the markets this week. Tell us about that.
2: I think uh, the the big thing with the vaccine is still going to be distribution logistics. So from uh, uh, markets are forward looking. So with markets, the the two big things that were hanging over, the the markets were the election and COVID. And uh, we're, we're clearly not through either one yet, but we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. We still, for example, may have a a, a tough winter ahead with COVID, but markets are are forward looking and and won't necessarily be factoring the short term, but but the longer term and and, uh, the expected cash flows from the investments.
1: Let's talk a little bit more about the markets. Tell me, what have you seen? And we've talked for several months about this visual of a recovery and what it might look like and how we're experiencing it. Talk to me about what we, what we saw this past week and give me some details on that, if you don't mind.
2: We've seen a significant rally in the markets. Uh, once again, as there's a, a bit of light at the end of the tunnel in, in terms of us returning back to normalcy, the biggest driver for the markets is still going to be the uh, economy. And if you look at the recovery that we've seen, the consumers stayed strong. Um, business confidence has stayed strong. We've seen a remarkable recovery in autos and housing. When you look at manufacturing, so PMIs, ISMs, new orders, all those different metrics, uh, some of those numbers are the best they've been in two to three years. We have uh, manufacturing that's recovering, and and, uh, one of the biggest things about manufacturing is the multiplier effect. So Um, for every one manufacturing job, 7.7 jobs uh, around it are created. So that manufacturing growth is great news for the economy. We've been in in the midst of earnings season, and roughly uh, 86% of S&P 500 companies have reported earnings above expectations. So um, revenues have been better than expected, and, and costs have been cut. Uh, as companies have adapted. Overall, we've had really good news on, on the recovery front. We're not out of the woods yet. Um, any lockdowns could still cause a, a dip in the recovery, but we're on a great trajectory. And, and so we had uh, elections that were, were hanging over markets, uh, creating uncertainty. Uh, we have COVID that's hanging over markets that's creating uncertainty, but some of that was cleared up with progress on a vaccine. We expect fiscal stimulus and monetary policy will, will help to lead to Better growth and profit, which benefits stocks, and we're seeing uh, momentum in the, the equity markets over the last couple of weeks because of that. Yeah,
1: it's really interesting. As I'm just hearing you talk through some of these points, and you know, I know we sit on the investment committee together, and just some of the things that we we think about that were actually surprising. Uh, you know, housing's up. I know before COVID, we were talking about how uh, the U.S. consumer was was driving the market in in large part consumers have have continued to to drive some of this market you know consumer the domestic consumers up so it's really interesting to go through this just extreme volatility in terms of how covid has impacted our day-to-day life and then social unrest and then an election and we still have some support in areas that we may have thought otherwise heading into this sort of march april Timeframe.
2: Yep. And I think a big part of that too was uh, if you look at the parts of the economy that are doing well, they're roughly three times the size of industries such as travel, leisure, et cetera, that were hit really hard from the economy. And so um, we still have parts of the economy that are churning. Uh, another statistic that stood out to me uh, recently was uh, savings rates are uh, 14% right now. So the saving rates for the consumer the long-term average is 5%. And so as we move forward to a more normalized environment, hopefully uh, if we see that savings rate um, return closer to that long-term average, that's a huge, huge boost to the economy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Something else I wanted to talk to you about today is, is interest rates. And we haven't talked about it a whole lot this year. They've been historically low. Any of the recent moves, are we seeing any movement with interest rates? Talk to me about that.
2: Well, we still expect interest rates to remain low. The Federal Reserve committed to using its full range of tools to, to support the U.S. economy. Um, I think that comes uh, straight from their uh, uh, release that they put out this week. We talked about this going into the election and the thought was that if, if Biden wins, the federal will keep uh, rates low for the foreseeable future. And if Trump won, uh, the Fed was expected to keep rates at zero for the foreseeable future. So it's COVID, not politics, that's driving Federal Reserve action, and we don't expect uh, much news out of the Fed or any new movement uh, until uh, we see the economy further improve by a significant amount. So tie a bow
1: on this for me. I know we've talked about a number of things, and you know, obviously, the Synergy team. We're we're looking ahead. We're thinking about you know what's going on. November, December, what to expect in the new year. Summarize some of this for our listeners and you know, just get, give us an overview of high level. What are we thinking? What are we talking about as an investment committee on behalf of our clients?
2: From the, uh, I'd say, Taibo on the election and, and, and the policy side, uh, if there's a split government, there's still plenty of middle ground that both parties want to continue to work on where both parties are going to have goals such as uh, infrastructure spending, reduced healthcare costs, uh, expanded housing programs, um, IP protection. So we expect parties to work together to try to create policies around those and, of course, policies around the continued fight against COVID. Both parties agree that there needs to be more fiscal stimulus. That's just a matter of uh, amount and time. Uh, we expect stimulus in the, um, say, $500 billion to $1 trillion range and uh, within that, we expect direct payments to, to individuals, a smaller amount of unemployment insurance than, than what we've see, seen previously, but still some, some kind of unemployment insurance and, and some kind of extension of PPP. So expect uh, a divided government, expect them to try to continue to work together to try to move past some of this unrest. We expect the economy to continue to trend in an upwards direction, and we expect that to be good for risk assets, such a, a, as equities. and. At the end of the day, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, over time, stocks have trended higher, regardless of who's in office. We've talked about this before on here, but it's all about not overreacting and and staying invested and staying diversified. As a manager, we look to take advantage of opportunities or dislocations in the market in the short term. But for investors, it's important to keep a a long-term focus and a focus on the plan.
1: I love that because I, I do think that for those folks that may be investors and don't have a plan, they can really get drawn into the emotions of the moment. And, you know, we talk about that on occasion with, with clients or prospective clients that are coming to us and saying, uh, you know, uh, this is a very emotional time for me and how do I respond to it? But those that that are working with us and do have a long-term plan, it's really... I'll say stabilizing <laughs> from that standpoint. The emotions, in large part, are taken out of that when you see how these short term iterations impact your long term plans. So, uh, really good point you make there. Eric, if, if folks want to get a hold of you or get a hold of anyone on the Synergy team, can you fill us in on how they can get in touch with you?
2: They can reach us at hello at com or www.synergycapitalsolutions.com.
1: Great. Thank you. And for listeners, um, you you know, just pay attention here. We've got uh, our our regular podcast release coming up uh, before year end. We're thinking about doing just sort of a 2020 year in review and um, and really a prep for the end of the year. There's things that um, we're going to want to talk about in terms of making sure your RMDs are done, maybe tax loss harvesting, things like that, that we can be you know just sharing on air to to get you thinking about preparing for year end so so stay tuned for that and all as always we we appreciate you listening appreciate you subscribing and sharing with friends and with that we'll leave you today we look forward to catching up with you next time
0: thank you for listening to your financial planet the Synergize Your capital podcast click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available Synergy Capital Solutions is a financial planning and investment management firm registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPIC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk. And there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Synergy Capital Solutions and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims, and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Synergy Capital Solutions and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisors before establishing a retirement plan.